you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Okay, let's go smoke that joint. Oh yeah, what up, what up? Fantasy Football Hustler back at you. And we got the goat in the building. Well, not in the building, but virtually. Ricky Williams in the building, uh, hanging out with the 420 crew. What is going on? Oh, I'm just, just chilling. You know, it's always 420 over here. Always. <laughs> it's always 420 somewhere damn right yeah yes yeah. So oh man just uh, a whole bunch of things a lot of things changing around um may- making a move to las vegas uh that's that's pretty exciting and um really just trying to game plan this off season you know i mean most of the stuff that i do is is football related and fantasy football related but as we get bigger we got to get into the business side of things and make sure we turn it into a Full full blown uh, business venture. So so what what uh what do you do in the off season? How do you like? Is it training? Is it like, do you have OTAs? Do, like, what's, what's, what's <laughs> Not even on? like man. I mean, I'm just I'm just doing YouTube content. So for me, it's uh, it's giving people what they want. Some information about some players that they're going to be drafting in their dynasty leagues. Making sure we have some smoke sessions because people just like hanging out. You know, just yeah. uh, feeling the vibe and you know joining in, saying what up, shooting some shit, mm-hmm. but. That's a lot of it. What it is like tracking the news from the NFL. That's like the big time thing that we're doing. Really? Yeah. So what's 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 up? What's going on now? What's the latest? Well, I mean, the crazy news is all this Aaron Rodgers news. You know, I mean, uh, and and Watson, but I mean, we're not going to be able to know anything about him until after the first and all the deliberations or whatever. But Aaron Rodgers. So what's all- yeah. What's the Aaron Rodgers news? It's it's according to Terrell Davis, he says that he's going to be a Bronco in 2022 and he said he's heard too many executives um just chattering about it and they actually have the draft capital you know to be able to get him they have i mean they have the cap room to be able to pay him and i feel like it's almost like a brady or peyton manning move where he goes over there i mean the defense is really legit the offense maybe a quarterback away but seems like a good fit but you never know because a guy like aaron Rodgers. i just i don't see him playing anywhere else i see him just sticking around in green bay I mean, but people said the same thing about Brett Favre. Yeah, and Brady. Yeah, Favre went to two, went to two teams. Yeah, he even went to the rival to the rival Vikings. So, you know, that was funny when he was. That was funny when he was with the Jets, though. That was probably the funniest version of Brett Favre for me, like where he got to lay it all out. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was. I was in Miami at the time, so we got we actually beat them uh, last game of the season to win the uh, to win the to win the conference. Yeah, I mean, to win the division. So, and then we played him the next year when he was uh, up in Minnesota and beat him again. So, but you know, I think at the end of a of a player's career, they want to win, and sometimes. Right. And a lot of times, you know, after a team, a player with the team for a long time, they just get tired of like the same thing. And sometimes a fresh start, an opportunity to to spread your wings and do it in another organization is is cool and it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Like I think a, a lot of people watch Tom Brady doing it for two years in, in Tampa. Yeah. And a lot of people were hating on the move because I mean a lot of fans, I mean, they're more loyal to the teams than they are the players, but for what we do with fantasy football, like I could give two shits about the team. Like I'm 100% like all about the players and being in the best. But I think you should, but I think you should give a couple of shits because so much I about, but what I mean though, so much of a, of how successful a player is when he moves to a team is how, how good is the fit? You know, some right. players move to new teams and they just take off because it's a better fit. You know, even some guys you never heard of, they go to a new team and like they take off because it's a better fit. And some guys you think are great and they go to a new team and you just see the fit's not there. Like, aside from the off the field stuff, I think Antonio Brown is a is a, a good idea. He had a really nice fit in Pittsburgh. You know, one of the things with the with the receiver is you have a quarterback that knows you, knows your game. Yeah, you know, trusts you. You're going to get more balls for sure. Yeah, you get that connection going. I mean, we we see it time and time again. It's the it's the connections. That really, that really come out, whether it's the connections with the organization, players just wanted to put it out all on the line, or just, I mean, the camaraderie of getting behind that QB, that leader, you know, or maybe like a Ray Lewis type who's, you know, just commanding the troops. I, I, I like that part of it. Yeah, and I was lucky. I got a chance to play with Ray at the, at the very end of my career, and I was yeah. one of those players. I mean, I was I was a free agent, but still, I, I spent a lot, most of my career in Miami, and I got to go up to, to Baltimore for a year and do my thing. Yeah. What is Ray Lewis like pregame? I've always wondered. We see it on TV, but what's he like in the locker room before you guys even hit the field? So, you know, in the locker room during the week, he's he's still Ray, but he's he's lighter, he's more fun, you know, but game day, you know, when the when the paint comes on, it's 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 intense. Start it starts actually the, the night before. And our, okay. and our 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 meetings the night before, he usually speaks. Uh and and it's like that warm up. And then in the in game day before the game, before we go out there, he speaks again. And uh, it's real. He gets you right. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like someone who's got, I mean, we already know he's got his podcast and motivational speaker. But every time I hear him speak, it's like Al Pacino and uh, what's called any given Sunday where you just get like the goosebumps, you know, filling all over your body. Like, yeah, it's, it's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> One thing that I like, we brought up Tom Brady. I did see Tom Brady posting uh, the Heisman jersey on Instagram. That was pretty dope, and he looked extra lit. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. You know, we, we've been we've been getting a lot of love from a lot of people. You know, and I think what I find is, especially when the Super Bowl was here in town in L.A., and I got a chance to hang out with a lot of current players, retired players, and around me, you know, they keep it real and yeah, and they enjoy talking about. It cannabis and how they smoke but it's like in the public they're supposed to keep that secret so um kind of what we're doing with heisman is is you know getting people to really talk about their experience you know about sparking greatness and you know all about that huh yeah i mean that's what it's all about i mean my life's too short to be like concerned about that kind of stuff and i mean I, i've always been a huge advocate for cannabis long before i realized how it was helping me out like medicinally 
But yeah. I- I'm glad the way that everything's going. I mean, NBA took a step back on, you know, the random drug tests and MLB took a little bit of a step back too. And NFL, that was one I didn't think was ever going to be like taking a step back on. It just seems like they like, I mean, the Josh, you, the Josh Gordons of the world, like everyone just seems like they like to make examples of people like that. And it's just an old system and like all old systems, eventually we wake up and they have to die and it takes time, but it's just a process. Um, but it takes guys like me and Josh Gordon, you know, who are punished, but we st- still keep coming back and people say like, maybe there's, maybe it's not as bad as we thought and the, and the conversation changes, but to me, I'm more interested in talking about all these people and like people that we put on a pedestal because they're 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 great performers and they're smoking. Like, let's talk to them. Like, how are you yeah. smoking? How is smoking help helping you achieve all these things? That's that's because like, to me, like I, I like medicinal. Honestly, like whatever, whatever. But for me, the true medicine is feeling good. Right. The true medicine is feeling good. That that's the way I look at it. Hell yeah. That's really what it's all about. And if you're stressed out all the time or your body aches all the time, and a lot of people don't want to use the, uh, all the legal, all the legal drugs. Cause they know how exactly. much that really fucks you up and gets you hooked on stuff. It was funny. I was doing, I was doing a reading with this guy the other day and, and he's a fan, he was a fan. Um, and he was talking about, you know, I never smoked before, you know, I never smoked before. And he was almost like proud of it, you know? Yeah. And then, and then he started talking about like, you know, mental health issues. And he's like, started naming like all of these pharmaceuticals, like, like for 20 minutes. And I was like, damn, like he doesn't even, he doesn't even realize it. <laughs> but like you said, it's the, the quote unquote legal drugs. It's crazy. Yeah. And I guess for me, I mean, I'm, I'm 36 now. So in 2004 is when I turned 18 and that's when like medical cannabis just like really started, you know, hitting the scene everywhere to where high times is pointing out every medical state that's legal and all this kind of stuff. And I just remember getting my medical card when I was 18 and just made, made me feel awesome. Like, I mean, I, you know, just, I could, I could be a little well, bit we're, more. We're spo- about it. You're a little spoiled being in, in California. Oh, yeah, because it it took the rest still. A lot of states are still trying to come on. But yeah, California was way, way ahead of the game. Probably one of the reasons why I never wanted to move out of California, just because I don't I didn't want to change my lifestyle that much to where I'm could possibly go to jail again for fucking smoking, smoking cannabis and just relaxing, you know, and if you're just staying inside, you probably won't get in trouble anyways. But (laughs) but still. So what's the what's the what's the Kyler Murray situation? So all we know with Kyler Murray is he wants a big time extension. He, uh, he took down all of his mentions of the Cardinals and all the pictures, you know, all that kind of stuff. He wants, he wants that extension. He's not making that much money this year in the grand scheme of things. I've always felt like the last couple of years, Kingsbury's just, he's not that dude. The play calling just doesn't seem to be translating to even the after NFL. This past year, even after this past year, I feel like, in the beginning, they caught some people by surprise, and then they went back to their old ways, and they started doing a bunch of things that didn't work. And when and you you know this probably better than anybody. When your defense is on fire, that makes it a lot easier for the offense to do things. And they started getting started getting a bunch of injuries. You know, JJ Watt went down. I feel like when JJ went down, it was almost like their defense took a real step back. He's not even the yeah. biggest piece on that defense, but maybe you know, team morale and that. Just it's, it's morale. It's morale. And like we have a guy like JJ Watt on the field, you you always know he might not he might not make every play, but you know he's gonna show up. You know he's gonna oh, yeah. show up and you know he's gonna do his job on every play. 
Yeah. Freak of nature, man. JJ's so good. I, I want to see him be able to get one because as long as he was there with the Texans and damn near the best defense. I mean, he won defensive player of the year, like I'm pretty sure multiple times. I want to see guys like that be able to uh, get on a team where they can make it to the next level. Cardinals choked it. Too many injuries. Yeah, too many injuries. And then we hear the Russell Wilson news where he kind of pulled everything down um, about the Seahawks as well. Really? I mean, this has been go- yeah, this has been going on for years and years, though. He's always wanted um, an offensive line, which you can't blame him for the longest time. He was leading the league in sacks like multiple years. And the first one of the first big things they did is trade away uh, the center, Max Unger, you know, get Jimmy Graham, who's a beast. But Unger, you know, maybe one of the best centers like of all time. I mean, maybe up there, top 10 somewhere. And just protect the guys. That's all we want to see. Like, we don't want to see a guy like Russell Wilson getting hurt. You want to be able to see him shred from the pocket. Interesting. That's interesting. And so, what? yeah, what do you think about the year he had this past season? Well, I mean, he started off hot. I mean, real, real hot. And then he, he broke his, um, his, his, I don't know if it was index finger or his pinky, but he broke that yeah. like week four, something like that. And everything was kind of just downhill. Like after that, he didn't play. When, when I saw him playing later in the year, it just seems like he, like they just didn't have it. You know, it was like they couldn't get anything started. You know, you watch those games where the, the offense especially just can't like, yeah, those are those are the worst, man. <laughs> well, even for like a quarterback, because he he broke his finger, okay, and I mean he came back, but how was the was the finger in full mobility? Because I feel like a guy like Wilson, he's got so much like touch, like on his pass, like even you take away one percent of that, that doesn't make him the elite of the elite with his with his touch on his ball. Right. I mean, and the good players when they're when they're hurt like that, you know. They have to like get crafty and find and find other ways other ways to win. That's what I loved yeah. about Joe Montana because even Joe when Joe Montana was like later in his career, he didn't, he didn't have all of the physical tools. He just was crafty and he was able to use what he had to to make things. I love I love players like that. Oh yeah. What do you think about? So I mean, there's always a debate about Tom Brady being the goat, and if we're talking just like you know accolades, it's almost impossible to say that Brady isn't the goat. But what if you had a team and you you had Brady or Montana, you know, at their peak, you know, we'll just say that. Who would you rather have leading your troops out of those two? Um, well, it's it's difficult. You know, I, I think it's hard to, com- to compare players from different eras because the game was different. The game was just different. You know, and what was yeah. expected of the players is different. But in their in their own era, I mean – it's one and two. They both were great leaders. They both played on on really good teams, but you know, with really good coaches. So I, you know, it's. I think in their era, they're both the goat of their era. I don't. I don't think you can compare goats of different eras. It's just the way that people did things in their era. They did them the best. Yeah. Yeah. Great way of putting it, because on social media, and we have a big Facebook uh, fantasy football group. We have like 70,000 people in there. Anytime you yeah. talk about Tom Brady, whether it's bad or good, it doesn't matter. He's like still the most popular guy in sports right now. So it's always yeah. a fun to debate talking well, I, about. Because it, it's, well, it's because one of the things that are rare in, in sports, especially football, is, is longevity. You know? Yeah, some guys like hang around for a long time, but to hang around and, and play championship ball for such a prolonged period of time, like, you know, because there's different kinds of goat, right? There's a goat in like for one year, right? And then there's a goat for a career. And I think, yeah, you know, Brady by far, as far as putting together a career, 
No, there's no question. No question. He's a GOAT. And I think part of that is definitely his 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 ability. But if you think about it, the longer you play, you just see more snaps. You get more experience. You know, it's wisdom, right? Experience. Yeah. And I think what he did is he did a wonderful job of taking care of his body. You know, and I think that's really that's really the key to, to success, to being the GOAT relative to longevity is you got to take care of your body. So on this show, we talk about Tom Brady a lot. And we know the secret to his success is avocados. That seems like that's the thing that has propelled him because he's always talking about his avocados. You ever heard anything? You ever, you ever heard anything about this? Tom ever shared like where he gets these magical avocados from? Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea about <laughs> these avocados, but I know there's a lot of avocados in San Diego. So that, there that's is. All it's so that's all I know about avocados. We just have no idea. We, I mean, we know Giselle. She she claims that she's a little bit of a witch, you know, but she says for Tom, luckily, she's a good witch. So we know there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with Tom. But Brady. honestly, though, the, the, here is the secret that I found is that the, the, the fountain of youth is really a good is a good marriage or a good relationship. You yeah. Because you know how it is. Like when things aren't going well at home, that shit drains you. But yeah. it's the opposite. When things are going well, you feel energized, you know, and I think in life, you know, make sure that person next to you is thinking loving thoughts about you <laughs> and you're good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Happy wife, happy life. That, uh, that Amen. It is real. Undefeated. Undefeated. <laughs> what up, Hess? So Hess in the building. So uh, when we met, when we all met in person, Hess was one of the guys who uh, who connected us all, and we were all smoking together at that uh, the Hall of Flowers events. And then yeah. um, he asked, I'm very curious about Ricky's astrology work. And I'm super excited to bring you on to talk about astrology because for me, I'm you know, growing up, astrology didn't mean shit to, to people like me. You know, I mean, we know uh, we know the signs and things like that, but the yeah. further you dive in, you just realize, like, it was all here. We, the life was already led for us. You know, we just got to find the right path and get on it. Yeah, but you know what? What, what I find curious, uh, or what I find interesting, is is like how to make astrology like practical for people, you know. And and like you said, most people, most guys especially, a lot of women are into it, but a lot of guys look at astrology and they think like they don't, you know, they don't see much value in it because mainly it's been something that women have been into. But I think as guys start to become more interested in like learn the basics. They'll start to utilize it. And I think of like fantasy football and, and trying to under like I'm fascinated of thinking how, how can astrology be used to help people, um, you know, in fantasy football. Yeah, because, I mean, you were even talking about how a lot of these players in general, it's all similar kind of. I mean, I'm probably going to butcher the, you know, the terminology, but similar kind of signs, similar kinds of things aligning for just a lot of sports well, players in general. Right. Well, I guess with the way the way I would do it is, and most people don't think of astrology as a as a science, but it is in the sense of if you know the the tricky part would be collecting the data, and the data was you need someone's birthday and their birth time and birthplace. But if you had that information and you like, for instance, um, gave me like the top ten fantasy performances at every position for the past ten years, okay. Right. And if I had all those charts, I would I would run all those charts and I would run the days of those fantasy performances and I would see what like what patterns I noticed. OK. And if I noticed a pattern and it was consistent enough, then, you know, I would know when I'm drafting, 
when I'm looking for players, right? I look at certain keys that are that are always present when someone kills it. Right? That's one idea. But you could apply that to a to the top performances in a game, but you could also uh, apply that to the top performances in a year. That, again, well, that's- so I, I I'm just thinking about ways because to me it's it's we have to learn first. And so that's the right. research of seeing like how how does astrology correspond to these performances? And once we learn that, then then we got the key. Yeah, and I mean that's something that I'm gonna that, that's something that I'm gonna do. How how many years do you think I should go back? Because I'm I'm gonna go back and I'm I'm gonna get the top performers at 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 least the major positions. Because I, I think I like start, I would start it I would start it at ten. And you know you know as. And as we go move further further in the future, another thing that I think would be are these the people that we that surprise us that we're not expecting to perform so well and they do. So I would like I don't know what category that would be surprise performer or whatever, but finding tracking those like who was who surprised everyone and maybe the top five surprises and then seeing what you know what what signatures do you see that keep showing up and I think that'll that'll give us clues. Oh yeah, and Hess said, "I knew I'd been looking at the wrong metrics." <laughs> I, I think I mean, we're going to unlock something here. Like I already, I already know from from what little I've learned about astrology, it just seems like everything just kind of makes sense when it. Yeah, certain things happen at certain times for certain reasons. Yes, exactly, exactly. So to me, it's really about keeping the conversation going because I have the astrological expertise, and you know you've got the fantasy football expertise. So it's just really about just bouncing ideas around and keeping the conversation going and seeing what we come up with. Yeah. And translating this into sports betting as well. I mean, that was one of the, one of the That's reasons another- why. Cause there's, I mean, there's big bucks in, in sports yeah. betting. It's about to be legal in every state here, probably within yeah. the next 10 years. So the, the starting point for sports betting, there's, there's two, one is the better and two is the, is the game. And so it, if, you know, if I was doing research on this, I would, ha- you know, if, if you're betting, like make a note when you're when you make the bet, what time it is. Mm. Okay? OK. And then after, you know, write down how you did. OK. And keep a note of when you make the bet and how you did. And and like I can look at that list and find a pattern of maybe luckier times to actually place the bet. Okay. Because, because so much of astrology is when you were feeling lucky, things are going to, right, we're going to make lucky choices. When we're right. feeling unlucky, right, we're going to make unlucky choices. So if we can find those times, right, where we're feeling lucky, we're going to we're gonna win more times than we don't. But part of it is the research of writing down, okay, I made the bet this time and this was the result. And then going back, okay, what are the patterns for the wins? What are the patterns for the losses? And what can we establish is a good pattern you know, where you're going to be more, more successful. I like it. And fantasy football is getting more and more popular every year and sports betting. I mean, I just in this past year, I, I can't even put a percentage on how much it jumped, but it just seems like everybody now wants to get into sports betting. Yeah. Wow. I mean, people, are, I mean, especially in the beginning of COVID people had a little extra money. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hell yeah. And let's see. My man, uh, my man Lee put a question in here. He uh, he does a bunch of my social media stuff on Facebook. What up, Lee? He said, Ricky, who's your favorite running back in the league right now? And uh, uh, right now, and you enjoy watching them. Does it remind you of how you ran the ball? Um, so I think everyone's favorite running back right now is probably Derrick Henry. Um, 
just because you know when he was healthy, he just it's just he's just fun to watch, you know, because you yeah. can't you don't know who's going to stiff arm, who's going to run over, when he's going to break a long one. But my oh. favorite running back, my favorite running back in the NFL right now is Leonard Fournette. Um, nice. And I think you know he comes back healthy, and I mean he's a free. Is he a free agent this year? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if he gets a shot to start uh, in Premier, he's just a he's a really good back, and I think he runs probably most like like me. Playoff Lenny, I like it. The barstool guys they they uh, <laughs> they crowned him Playoff Lenny. Yeah, and let's see who else we got. Oh, here's one. Okay, Chase. He said, "How do you feel about the overtime rules?" Do you think that Did it should they, be like college where both teams, no matter what, should get a shot to, to hold the ball? Um, Yeah, I think that would be more interesting. You know, part of me is like old school, the old way, but that's stupid, you know? And I think it makes the game more interesting uh, if both teams get a shot. Yeah. Definitely makes it more interesting. Um, there were so many people up in arms, you know, about the the Bills and the Chiefs game and everything. And everyone, as soon as the Chiefs get the ball in the next week, going up against the Bengals in overtime, Bengals just proved defense is what wins championships. And that's what got them at least to the dance. Couldn't overcome yeah. it all the way, but. Yeah, they had a shot. But yeah. Yeah, what do you think about the Bengals and their young squad? Because it seems like, that I mean, their they're group of offensive guys, they're, they're might be losing a bunch of defensive guys this year, but offensive guys, like, man, they are stacked. Well, you know, I think they made an impressive enough showing in the playoffs that they're going to attract some talent, you know, and I think what they're building over there is special. I got a chance to see Joe, not only at the Heisman ceremony, but uh, his senior year, the Tigers whooped up on my Longhorn. So, um, so I think they're building something special. How was Joe at the, uh, the Heisman ceremony? I just assume he was real swagged out. No, he was chill. Like he gave a really like heartfelt speech, like really heartfelt. His his family was there, just really good people. You know, it was like sometimes, you know, you're like, yeah, it's it's a trophy, but but it felt like everyone was really happy for just his story, you know? Yeah. To to be able to because I know how hard it is to make that switch, you know, in any any league to make a switch from one team to another and and to get buy-in from the guys and to be a leader, especially at the quarterback position. It was impressive. And so every single year, is it all the Heisman Trophy winners that come back? We're all invited, but not all the guys make it back each time. Okay. Is there any any of the Heisman winners that you know purposely avoid coming back? Um, I don't know. Barry never comes. His, <laughs> his name tag is always there, but he never shows up. But I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. That is. But um. But you know, it's usually the same guys that come back every year. And we, you know, we have a we have a good time. It really is a fraternity. That's awesome. And uh, like, and what would you say? Is that, is that bond maybe a little bit stronger than some of like the pro teams that you played oh, for? It's, it's strong because, you know, something about playing on a team, you go to war together and that, and that creates a, that creates a bond. But with the Heisman trophy, it's like we all share this special experience of, of being crowned the best uh, for the, in our year. And so that's a whole experience. That's a whole experience that we that's unique but at the same time we all share uh and then you know most of us we don't come back until we retired and so we all guys get together and drink and tell stories and so it, it you know builds camaraderie who's one who's one of uh just just an old player that you used to play with that you're always uh always looking forward to hanging out with and chopping it up with uh ronnie brown you know ronnie and i played together in in uh in miami and, and we were like best friends so every time we see and everybody, 
And all the fantasy football guys, I mean, let me just tell you, like, man, that was probably some of the most fun times watching you guys run the Wildcat and everything that you were doing. It was just fun games to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's I awesome. It. I get it. And uh, Bogard, what up, bro? He said, uh, Ricky, your birthday is May 21st. Do you feel you're more, uh, what is that, Taurus or Gemini? So, uh, again, you're asking the astrologer, you're asking the astrologer question. Um, there, so, I, like, whether, to me, when we call cusps, to me, if you're a Gemini, you're a Gemini. You're a Gemini, okay? You're an early Gemini, but you're a Gemini. Because um, in astrology, most people only know where's your sun. But when you look at an astrological chart, we got 10 planets, 10. And the sun is only one of them. So, you know, I, I got, I'm a Gemini, no doubt about it. And what would you say... Because, I mean, we got the moon signs and we got all the other planet-like signs. If you were going to say for someone who might be a little bit curious, what do you think they should they should look into on themselves? Like uh, just out of all the planets or the – everyone knows their sun sign, like you said. <clears throat> well, I would say just, just the general idea of reading about the planets. Because when people talk about signs, okay – there's again, it's only talking about one planet, so it's only talking about one sign. So people will say, I'm a Gemini, right? But no one is one thing. And a lot of people they say, Well, a lot of what they say about Gemini fits for me, but some of the things don't really fit. It's because we're not only one thing. So, but the, the complexity is there's 10 planets. So the complexity is where there's 10 different parts of ourselves. That's a lot. That's a lot to think about. And so I would say if someone wants to get started learning astrology, is to read about the 10 planets in astrology. And think about them as parts of ourselves. An example is like, you know, I'm a Gemini. That means when I was born, the sun was in Gemini. But the moon was in a sign. Mercury was in a sign. Venus was in a sign. Mars was in a sign. Jupiter was in a sign. Saturn was in a sign. Uranus was in a sign. Neptune was in a sign. And Pluto was in a sign. Okay? But, and the thing is, we only have one sun sign. But all of us in our chart, we have all 10 planets. And so... Just learning about the planets. What is the sun? What is the moon? What is Mercury? And trying to recognize those parts of ourselves. Let me give you an example. So the sun is, is about <clears throat> leadership. It's kind of they say the sun is like the sun shines. And so on an astrological chart, the sun is how we shine, right? But but not everyone is born to be to be the center of attention. So for someone, their Mercury could be the strongest planet. And Mercury is a planet of communication. It's about our curiosity and the way we think and the way we speak, right? And so someone who you see, like a lot of teachers, a lot of writers, okay, a lot of songwriters, in their chart, the strongest planet is Mercury, right? They don't need to be Boston people around, not sun people. They want to be communicating and talking. Venus people. Venus people want to be creating art. They want to feel good. They want to create beauty, okay? Mars people. Mars people want to, like, they want to... They want to, they want strife. Mars people want, you know, they want to work out or they want to work, work, work. They want to build something. They want to tear something down, right? Saturn people, okay? These are people that want order and structure, okay? And so like if we, if we learn the different planets, we're like learning more about ourselves than just learning about one sign. Yeah, and I feel like, well, like you said, I mean, women might dive into it a little bit deeper than men, but for sure, that was the only thing I really ever knew was the sun sign. I didn't, realize that every single planet and the alignment of all that could change and it's crazy the little uh yeah the reading that we did together just opened up a lot of things and uh, inspired action came shortly after that's for sure 
Yeah, I mean, that's what happens. And to me, astrology is not about predicting events. It's about knowing ourselves better. Because all of us have these these voices inside that are really difficult to trust sometimes because all of the voices from the outside are telling us something different. But, you know, and we all kick ourselves. Oh, I should have listened. Oh, I should have listened. Oh, I should have listened. But it's hard because that voice whispers. But when you right. look at a chart, right, a chart is like is activating those voices so that they can be louder and we can understand ourselves better. Can you give me an example of something like that with you? Football related or just anything? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so, um, I was I was obviously a football player, okay. But my chart says I was actually born to be a, a caretaker, to be a healer, right? But when I was when I was young, I could run fast, and all the voices from the outside were telling me like play sports. But and people used to make fun of me. They used to say, "Why are you so emotional? Why are you so sensitive?" Right? They used to pick fun. They used to make fun of the way I talk. Why do you speak so softly? Right? And and so my moon, my heart is in Cancer, right? So I'm a sensitive guy who's really here to be a caretaker. But because the outer environment like picked on me and beat me up, then I decided, oh, I better like be tough. And so I used my athletic ability to show people how tough I was. Okay. And then fast forward, I get to the NFL and they say I have social anxiety disorder. What does that mean? It means I'm still a sensitive guy, but now I'm like in this environment where no one gives me permission or I'm not supposed to be sensitive. And so when I started learning astrology, I didn't know this before. I started learning astrology and I learned about what it means to have a cancer moon. And it means that you're sensitive and you need to be using that sensitivity to take care of people. Okay. And like understanding this about myself helped me under, understand why in 2004, I walked away from football, started traveling the world and found myself studying alternative medicine. Like I didn't understand why I was doing that. But like a year later when I started to learn astrology and I saw that, I was like, oh, I was listening to that inner voice. Yeah, and I, I feel not trusting our intuition is something that I feel like a lot of people, you know, just being scared of change or whatever it is. I mean, I, I'm 36 now and like a lot of people I went to high school with, like I'm telling them about this move and everything and they're like, oh, it's awesome. I'm kind of jealous though because I wish I could do things like that. And it's weird right. that people don't want to like get out of their comfort zone like at all. Because it's scary. Like that inner voice, we're not we're not taught or trained or even told that we're supposed to listen to it. If anything, we're told we're supposed to control it and make it shut up so that we can do what the people and what our parents and our teachers and our bosses tell us to do. Right. Like that's been the conditioning is for us to be trainable. And we're all stuck in this trainable space. But that's the one thing that's here to actually train us and can train us right is that voice on the inside. But we don't know how to listen to it. And astrology can help us tune back in and learn to listen to that inner voice. Who would you say, because I know you've done a bunch of chart readings, you know, by now, who would you say, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, just famous people or celebrities that people may know, who would you say had one of the more interesting uh, charts that you've read? So what's, what's a, a chart shows the inner life. Okay. And, and so much, you know, sometimes musicians, actors, musicians, sometimes, but but most people that are famous, the most of them are not really living their inner life because right. it's so we're so like afraid if we share who we really are. Right. We're going to get canceled or people aren't going to like us. And so it, it's it's interesting looking at a chart where you see someone who someone really is and you see like the part of themselves that they feel comfortable showing to the world, you know. And so doing the, the podcast with Levitard and Rogers chart comes up, comes up, comes up. And that to me is 
all charts are interesting because you see this is the inner potentials and this is the part that the person is this is how it's playing out in real life yeah and so like we talk about tom brady's chart and tom brady's chart is the chart of a goat it is it's the chart of a goat so he's living out who he really is aaron Rodgers' chart is more the chart of like a spiritual like shaman type person Okay. You no, know? and and we don't we we don't see it from the outside, but I guarantee if you talk to his teammates, they might not use these words, but if you really got to the core of like why everyone his teammates love him so much, and they would talk about he had kind of has this this kind of like charisma or this power. And if you really talk to like and if you really sat down and talked to Aaron Rodgers about the things he was really interested in, I guarantee everyone's mind would be blown. You know, this guy is a, he's an adventurer and he likes to like adventure and to study like interesting like deep kind of subjects but again as the quarterback on the outside right you have to give a certain you have to play a certain role yeah and i do i do like that um the more more we get to peel back the layers of the onion and just learn about people i mean that's what i'm all about because you only know so much looking at the uniform and the helmet like I, i like hearing about the man behind the helmet and I think when you learn about the man behind the helmet, it takes the appreciation of their game to a whole nother level, you know, because I would even say like, if, if I was talking to Aaron Rodgers about his chart, you know, I'm a, like a weird spiritual guy. And I would suggest to him, you know, that, you know, sometimes when he's running and he makes these incredible throws, you know, that there's, that there's beings around him, you know, that are telling him what to do, you know, like in the movies, where they say, you know, someone s- sells their soul to the devil, right? To have special talent. I wouldn't go that far, like he sold himself to the devil, but just meaning like he just has like spirit guides watching over him, you know? Yeah. And that there, there is a kind of, and if you watch from that lens, you'll see there is a kind of magic when he plays. Like when you see him duck out of like a defensive end about to like rip his head off and he doesn't even see him, but somehow. I'm telling you, there's a like magic there. If you watch, there's gonna you'll see how did you'll be like how did he, you know there's a magic there, yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, real interesting. We started calling him Darren Rodgers last off season because every time we saw him, he just looked like a hippie version of like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's coming out more. He's coming out more. You'll see, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to. It's because as you know, as you get older and you like you live more, you don't care about the little stuff so more. You don't care about the little stuff so much anymore, and you just start to be yourself more. So I, I, I think that's my prediction is you're going to see more of that from 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 a Rod. Well, and I like to see it like Tom Brady, him and Aaron Rodgers playing golf last year and just shooting the shit and being real. Like I, I think I've respected Tom Brady more in the last couple of years, actually seeing him put his personality out there because we never yeah. saw it with the Patriots. Yeah, it's like you said though. Like I mean, like I was saying, when we're young, you know, we're trying to like fit this 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 role. And most football players retire when they're still young. So it's nice to see people play for a long time because you can see like real maturity. You can see real individuality, people really coming being themselves. And I'm and I'm can't wait to see what uh Tom Brady does next. I know he's headed out to this way to Hollywood to to produce and star in a movie and I can't wait to see how that goes for him. Nice. That's awesome. And what's up, that fantasy guy? Uh, he said, uh, how do I read my own chart? Um, At least I'd say that's probably hard because I went to try to read my own chart. And I feel like when I when I did the reading with you and you were explaining things to me, yeah. I feel like you have to go to someone to get them. You to have to, yeah, you, you have to go to someone just to get like the, the introduction. You know, it's kind of like a, one of those things where it has the torch has to be passed. 
And so I find like when I had my first reading, it was like an initiation. Like this woman talked to me and I was like, whoa. And then I just, I just started like dove in and started like studying everything I could. But I think you have to have that first like interaction where you kind of see how it works from the experience of someone. And then you have like the inner experience to go out and start to read and study and pick up things for yourself. Uh, and I, and I, I tutor people, I teach people to under, and I, I don't like do astrology where I tell people their future. I help people understand how to read their chart, how to understand these symbols and how to recognize them when they're actually playing out in their lives. Yeah. Was that first time that you had a reading? Was that in 2004 when uh, you 2004, took the 100%. Where was it? Wasn't it in a different country? It wasn't in America? No, no. Was it? It, it was, yeah, it was in Northern California, but the woman was from Vietnam. And someone told her I was a football player. And the planet of, I was saying, if you're a Mars person, right, the planet of aggression is Mars. And so she was curious, a football player, where's his Mars? And so she asked me and I said, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. And she said, do you know what time you were born? And I said, yes. So I gave her my information and she looked, put it on her computer and then we had the most amazing conversation. And again, this was 2004. So I had just walked away from the NFL and I was like, I, I didn't know where it was next. I just knew I wasn't a football player anymore, but I didn't know what was next. And being able to spend that time with her and her helped me understand myself and understand how I got to where I am and what my, what was up for me in the future and what, you know, ideas of, of what this life was about. It really empowered me to find myself and, and to be courageous and keep on moving. And it was so powerful that I was like, God, I got to learn this so I can help other people because a lot of people find themselves in that situation where they took their shot in life and they realized this isn't it. And it's that kind of letting go, starting over. It's And it's scary. But if you have guidance and this feeling of, oh, this this is the most valuable thing of astrology, this, this assurance and this feeling of this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, because I know when we were talking, I mean, I'd already had a bunch of feelings about a lot of different things or, you know, just maybe moving or getting a new change of pace, scenery, different things I need to be doing. And it's not like you validated it, but it's already things that I already knew that I should be doing. And so just hearing you put a couple pieces together definitely exactly. makes the entire action start right after Exactly. I mean, I, and like I was talking to my wife about this because she's she's talks to people. She's an astrologer, too. And we talked about, like I said, like, what do you how do you describe the work that you do? And she said, I'm, I use astrology to help people learn to tap into and trust their own intuition. And there's no greater gift than that. You know, it's, it's when you know, you know, and there's no like doubt doesn't even make sense to you. That's the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah, because really, it's the doubt just knowing you're not going to succeed with whatever you do it's almost never going to happen right if those are the thoughts that are just in the back of your head exactly exactly and people don't realize like you know carl Jung, one of my favorite people and one of my role models you know he, he he had this quote he said he who looks outside dreams he who looks inside awakens and what he means is most of the way we experience life is based on the, our, our mindset you know something quote unquote bad happens to us right how do we respond okay because the bad is only about our response. If something bad happens and we learn from it and it doesn't happen again and we grow from it, then that bad thing wasn't bad. It was necessary, you know? So, so much is just about our, our mental attitude. And if we can understand life is about that, it's about experiences come to help us grow. Every single experience has the potential to help us grow. And if we look at it like that, whether it feels good or it doesn't, what happens, the end result is we grow, we grow. Yeah, it's crazy because even thinking about some type of relationships or maybe a business venture that happened that failed or things like that. Because I've I've had it where I've joined up with different people for different reasons. And 
didn't work out the way it was supposed to, but something came from it that helped me move it yeah. forward. And, you know, the biggest thing I find is really hard for guys is humility. You know, it's it's so hard for us to say I'm that's not it. But the, the key, if we say if we if we're not willing to say that's not it, then we like pretend and we keep making the same mistake over and over again. But as soon as we say that's not it, you know, and we acknowledge that I, I was oh I must have missed something. What did I miss? And we find that then again, we become wiser. We become more conscious. And I know in business, you know, when I first got into business, I like trusted people. I trusted everyone, you know, and I was like, oh, believe what they say. And then I got burned and and I didn't say like, no, I'm not going to trust anyone. I said, I'm just going to listen better now. Right. I'm just going to pay more attention. And and so like every time, every experience, every day I'm learning something new. And, and I got this from football because people don't realize this on a football team. OK, we go out to practice. All right, we're going Wednesday. We go practice, bust our ass. We come in, take a shower. We got like 45 minutes to eat. And then we go into the back to the meeting room and we watch practice. Okay. We watch every play, every step of every play. Okay. So imagining your job. Okay. People who have jobs still. Imagine your job, you go to work and after about three o'clock, you know, about time work's winding down, your boss taps you on the shoulder and says, Come on. Right. And you go to his office and he, he puts on a camera of you working all day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right over all the calls you're on right he reviews the calls what did you mean when you said this right you should if you do that it's at first it's, not, it's like hard because you have to humble yourself but if you get into it right you get really really good okay you get really really good and i just think that training in football just made me mindful that you know we're not going to get it right it's a process but if you go back and review and you learn you know you keep moving you keep getting better I've done a lot of sales jobs over my life and it, it's crazy. The ones where I actually did good at were the ones where the leaders would take me aside and make me listen to myself or, you know, just bringing up stuff that I was doing or what was your mindset like when you were doing this and just making you think about more, you know, think more about yeah. the whole process. I think that's what yeah. it's all about. Yeah. My wife and I, we do this. Like if we have an argument, you know, like we'll come back whenever we're calmed down and we'll kind of like go, oh, okay. Yeah. You got me there. All right. You know, we'll kind of go through it and it'll, it'll be a laugh. You know, and I just think this is like this. And this is really, I mean, moving to cannabis. This is how I use cannabis. At the end of my day, I always smoke a little bit. And I I mean, I smoke all day, but specifically at night, I'll smoke and I'll review my day kind of the same way that the coaches used to do with me. And I'll just look what things, you know, do I not feel so good about? What things do I feel really good about? And the next day I build on the things that I feel really good about. And I pay attention to the things that I don't feel good about. You know, I, I pay attention. This didn't feel good yesterday. You know, how's it feel today? So you still, so the sports discipline, I mean, that's what I call it. Cause you got to have the discipline to play, play sports, especially at a high level. So you carried that over to your regular, just regular life. Well, I think, you know, to me, the whole point of, of work, right. Especially if you work for a company or a corporation that's actually doing something, you know, that's the one thing I, I will say. The only thing I miss about football is just the expectation of excellence, you know? And I I've carried that like at my poor kids, you know, <laughs> My poor kids. I just have an expectation. And it's not, and again, it's expectation to enjoy the process. And I got this from Coach Saban. He always talks about the process, the process, the process. And I, I saw him preach it and I saw it work with us. And so from then on, like I just, you know, tell my kids, the people that I work with, that don't get don't get stuck in the result. You know, realize the result is just part of the process. And if you trust the process and keep moving with it, you're not gonna have to worry about the results. But it's like it's it's hard it's hard to appreciate that so we just have to keep saying it over and over again and and finally you know 
He gets in there. Who was the uh, – just because you talked about Sabins, so I got to ask you. Who was – I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but, like, who was the coach who just had the most isms? Like, the one when they, they were just dropping college. Saban. It's Saban. Not, and not even close. Like, he's he's got – I would say, you know, most of the coaches out there are using Sabinisms anyway. Okay. And most coaches, people don't – coaches in, in the NFL, they're preachers, you know? They have a philosophy. They have a culture that they're trying to bring. And they'll get up there and use in the same message. They might have different isms to, to convey the message, but it's that same message over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, if you look at a really good college team, you know, when they're asking, when they're answering questions from the media, all the answers are pretty much saying the same thing. That's how yeah. you know the coach is building culture. You know? Right. Guys are on the yeah. same page. Yeah. Like yeah. it, man. And yeah. business yeah. – sports anything you just got to have a solid team and a solid foundation it's everything you know you got to have people that you enjoy being with you know and that you respect appreciate you coming yeah i want to keep this conversation going so i think maybe you know just try to do this like once a month or something you know i'd love to keep the conversation going yeah, definitely. And I'm going to work on uh, going 10 years back and getting all the the heavy hitters cuz anything we could do to take uh just the process to the next level. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Just uh, creating a better process. Yeah. So, so give me those names and I'll, and I'll, I'll help with the research. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Yeah. We're going to take this yeah. to the next level. I appreciate you uh, showing some love and I love the sports and cannabis connection that we got going and you really opened my eyes to the astrology and how just, just everything. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Next time. All right. I'm looking forward to it. All righty. So everyone in the chat right now, really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, I'll see you guys in the Discord chatting on social media, and we'll see you tomorrow for Fantasy News Today. Peace out, everybody. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, wintertime, I'm on the grind. Yeah, I got the ring, I'm the champ, I'm the genie of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle. Pocket, it don't make sense, but don't make a profit. So I hustle, ladies and homies. Make money, make money, money, money. Yeah. Out here for a pill. Yeah, yeah. Really trying to get this money for the real. I want to find a thing to save my life. So I hustle, hustle. It ain't over for me. No, it ain't over for me. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money! Show me the money! Okay, let's go smoke the joint.